Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Well, it's pretty risky to uh, to start the show. We're talking about a player who's not done pitching yet, but it's pretty hard to imagine Andrew Heaney's not going to be a big-time standout from Tuesday. We don't have to put Andrew Heaney on the worryometer. Welcome to the show, everybody. Adam Azer. I don't know if I'm getting sick or I just lost my voice, Scott. I, I may have laryngitis, but uh, we're going to plow through it. How you doing? Uh, you're probably still trying to get the voice back right from that weekend. No, I mean, this is, this is pretty extended. This is pretty huh? extended at this point. I mean, you do have a kid, right? I do, yeah, but he seems fine. Yeah. He Does he interact with other kids much or not? Uh, he did this past weekend. Are you suggesting oh. he's sick? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have a lot to learn, I guess. Um, so fun fun baseball tonight. Heaney's been great. Mike Miner's been good. Adam Plutko. What? He's been really good. Seven starts now for Plutko has been very good. Uh, Adrian Hauser pitched. Mike Montgomery was good. We got some injury updates for you. The in-progress games are actually quite interesting, so we'll get to that. We have a couple of double dongs and really what you need to know about Yadier Molina. I'll just tell you what you need to know. Yadier (laughs) Molina has started 10 straight games and 14 out of 15 since coming off the IL. I mean, it's just so stupid. It's just ridiculous. But he has been a top-seven catcher with horrible numbers before tonight. Uh, Muddy Homer twice, so yeah, he's ruined the double dong section. But all right, let's start with you, Scott. Who are some Tuesday standouts? I mean, should we get into Heaney now, even though it's not done? Sure, uh, let me pull up the box score because that's the that's the big guy. And and look, he got added a lot after his last start: fourteen strikeouts and in eight innings in that one. This is against that same Rangers lineup, so. Uh, you should obviously factor that into the assessment. But 10 strikeouts in six innings with no earned runs allowed. 20 swinging strikes, which is a number Clayton Kershaw hasn't reached all year. I like to throw that out there from time to time. Right. Um, and he, like, Heaney, like, the thing is, he's been, in, in between IL stints, he's been missing bats all year. Uh, like crazy. And... You know the IL stints. He when we were when we was pitching earlier, he was giving up way too many home runs, and so it was difficult to appreciate what he was doing stuff wise. But it's very impressive, and I actually just wrote an article uh, for CBSSports.com. It's up there right now. Thirty bold predictions for 2020, and among them, I point to three pitchers who. Based on what they're doing in terms of swinging misses, swings and misses, you know they're they're basically a very low stature in fantasy, but I think they could just be big time breakouts next year. And Heaney is one of them. Heaney is one of the three. The other two, his teammate Griffin Canning and Denelson Lamette. Hmm, yeah, Lamette's gonna have to start being a little bit more efficient. Um, because you know, so far in his career, he's. Well, actually, you know, toward the end of his rookie year, he was starting to really pitch very well. So, You know, I don't think, and let me pull this up to be sure, but I don't think the pitch counts have actually been high. There have been some... They just don't let him 
early exits. Okay. And maybe it's, yeah, he's only once thrown 100 pitches in a game and only twice thrown 90 pitches. So, yeah, it's they're just pulling him early. And they've been doing that with, like, Joey Lucchese, so maybe it's a organizational it's, It philosophy. seems to be a little bit, a little bit. But, uh, but I'm sure if they had a pitcher that they trusted to go deep into games, they'd let him go. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, Lamette's got a lot going for him, too. All right, so, look, he's 84% owned. So hopefully you picked him up, um, you know, for this two. St- I think it's actually a one start week for it. Uh, he, he was yeah, a, just one. Just oh well, one. it could be two if they they right, uh, right, skip right. somebody, which they they could do. But yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that was that's probably the big standout. I think Molina's a standout for me. Just like again, the numbers going into Tuesday uh, over the last fourteen days, which is most of of Molina returning from the IL. He was batting 265. He did have a 345 on base with only six walks to six strikeouts, which is very good. But uh, just a 367 slugging percentage. Not hitting well, and yet he was the number six catcher in points, number eight in roto. So if you need a catcher and Molina's available, he's available in 22% of our leagues. Uh, you know, he's he's better than his numbers because he he has played 14. He has started 14 of 15 games. It is unheard of for a catcher. Today's sponsors are SeatGeek. Use the promo code FANTASY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I used SeatGeek to go to the game during which I lost my voice. So maybe I should be mad at SeatGeek. No, SeatGeek's great. Promo code FANTASY, $10 off your purchase. Uh, and ZipRecruiter, if you're looking to hire somebody, you got to sort through all these resumes. Uh, man, Scott, did I ever tell you about the first time I interviewed for a job? I can't believe I can't imagine I did. It wasn't a very good story. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, first of all, the, the, the guy who was interviewing me, um, he should have used ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's where you can try it for free. ZipRecruiter is going to sort through a bunch of resumes and find the right people. But when I got there, uh, what you have to do when you want to be on camera when you're in college is you have to make a tape. So you made, at that point, a cassette tape of you like yeah. doing mostly fake stuff. You'd put on a suit and pretend to be doing a story or whatever. Uh, yeah, and I and I got to my first job. I sent my tape out to so many people I never heard back, and I got my first interview, and I go to this place, and the guy has like over 100 cassette tapes stacked on top of a VCR. And I was like, oh, that's why I never, because everybody's applying. So if he had just had ZipRecruiter to go through all of his tapes, all of his cassette tapes, it would have made things so much easier. That's why I never told the story. It's a bad story. <laughs> it's a bad stuff. I wonder why you're just going out. Yeah, I just it, it remind this this whole thing about stacks of resumes reminded me of that, and it was in uh, Ocala, Florida, which was not a. Place. Oh, that's that's where my that's was uh, my my wife's first job was in Ocala. Really? Florida. Yeah, yeah, which not, is I hear is pretty not a place I wanted to live. <laughs> not a place I wanted to live. Yeah. I didn't take the job. Uh, okay, so anyway, games in progress. Yes, very important. Games in progress. Mike Miner is also having a good start, so that's nice to see. He only has four strikeouts, but six innings and uh, one hit, one walk, and no runs so far. So um, there's that. Are, do you care at all about Rick Porcello, who had a good start at Coors Field? Uh, five innings. I mean, good enough. Eight hits, two runs, five strikeouts. No, no. It's going to take a lot for me to care about Rick Porcello at this point. All right. Let's, let's take a look at Arizona 3, San Francisco 1. By the way, Jackie Bradley homered. He's been a little bit better lately. Uh, he may have had like a cold week, but I picked him up last week because I saw he'd been better. And uh, I start, had him in my lineup today for the game and in Colorado. 
Uh, Mike Leakes doing Mike Leakes stuff. Jeff Samarja gave up one run with three strikeouts in five innings. Do you consider Mike Leak or Jeff Samarja anything other than streaming guys, if that? I mean, Mike Leak is so... Uh... You know, so polar with his performances, and it's been a lot more bad than the good start we're seeing here today since joining the Diamondbacks. I don't see how you can trust that. I mean, Jeff Samar just been reliable of late. Entered this yeah. start with a two ERA in his previous ten. In a way, I don't really buy. I mean, not a lot of strikeouts. Uh, One ninety BABIP in those ten starts. He is more of a fly ball pitcher, which can lead to a lower BABIP and. It might work out for him in, uh, you know, the the best pitching environment in baseball if he continues down that path. But there, there's not a lot of trust there. It's more of a hold your nose and start him because you have nothing better situation. All right, two other games to look at: Dodgers leading the Padres seven nothing in the fifth. So Cal Quantrill, do you think he's he? I mean, he got crushed today. He gave up seven runs. Can we just say, oh, he played the Dodgers. He'll be better. No, I no. mean, I don't think he's that good. I was forced to call him a two-star sleeper this week because somebody has to be. Right. Regretting that one. I mean, I, I think the next matchup's going to be better. I can't remember what it is off the top uh, of my it, head. It will be better than the Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that, that pick is already down the toilet. All right, and um, uh, who else in this game? Oh, Matt Beatty. Matt Beatty is right now three for three with three singles. He scored twice. He's driven in a run. I mean, this is his slash line. This is the Dodgers sort of utility player. Uh, 301, 347, 516. Does he play enough? Is he good? Who is this man, Matt Beatty? We all should be rooting pretty hard against Beatty because I think he stands in the way of a Gavin Lux promotion. Uh, He uh, he plays... A decent amount. I don't think enough that he's going to matter himself. They're, they've been mixing in Chris Taylor and uh, Jock Peterson, Enrique Hernandez. They're basically all vying for the same spot in the Dodgers lineup. It's the spot that doesn't have an obvious star player in it. And uh, yeah, he, he does not play enough. I'm looking at his game log. Right. Now. No, not. I mean, recently he hasn't, but he's had stretches where he plays like, you know, every Three out of every four, two out of every three. Yeah. All right, and then one more game. The Yankees leading the Mariners 6 nothing, And Aaron Judge homered again. So, gosh, I don't know. What is that, like four homers in his last five games or something? He uh, He's uh, he's pretty hot. He's striking out a lot, but good to see that for, for Judge. Hopefully you didn't, like, do something stupid and sit him. Well, I doubt you did because he homered a lot over the weekend. But, yeah. uh, but Tanaka... Right now, five innings, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts, and looks like 17 swinging strikes already. He's had big strikeout issues. I did watch some of this game. I watched some of the Angels-Rangers game and some of this game before we came on the air, and Tanaka did look pretty good. So, I mean, you just never know with him start to start. I I, I mean, I definitely would have started him in this start at Seattle, but uh, I think his next... See, his next start should be the A's at home. That's tougher. Are you going to trust Tanaka if that is, in fact, his start? I, I'm not saying you have to sit him, but I don't really trust Tanaka at all anymore. He's just not the same pitcher with the splitter. I mean, without the splitter. And, uh, I mean, he's probably fallen like two tiers in my starting pitcher rankings. 
you know, unless like he comes in in spring training next year and it's looking great. Well, you remember you remember the explanation for the uh, splitter struggles or no? Is the seams they change the seams on the baseball were are are too high for him, and it's affected his splitter. Now he was supposed to have adjusted to it, but it hasn't really within the last month or so. I mean, he's throwing a lot of splitters. He's just not getting the width with it anymore. Not nearly as good of a pitch. Yeah. So I mean, if the baseball changes next year, it could be it could come back, and he could be a you know a pretty reliable number three starting pitcher. But it's been frustrating, man. The strikeouts so low for him. So this is encouraging. I, it, was, it was good. I don't know if it's encouraging. It's for the him Mariners. The future. You know, yeah, they're so bad in Seattle. They're so bad. All right, well, he's on his way to a win, hopefully. And now the Dodgers are leading eight nothing, and the Yankees up six nothing. Have two on and nobody out. And we'll keep you updated on those games as the the Red Sox are about to put away the Colorado Rockies. Uh, fringy starting pitchers, guys, to talk about here: Adam Plutko, Adrian Hauser, and Mike Montgomery were all good in their own special way today. Plutko had nine Ks at Detroit, gave up one run in five and two thirds. And he's at Tampa Bay this weekend and at Minnesota next week, but it's seven starts in a row with an ERA under three fifty. Uh well, over the last seven starts for Plutko. Adrian Hauser, fifty two percent owned, five innings, one run, two strikeouts against St. Louis, but for the year he does have a strikeout per inning. And he's been pretty good. He I, I think he's gonna be at Chicago this weekend, but if not he'll have two starts next week, which would be Houston and the Cubs, so no good matchups coming up for Hauser. Uh, and then Mike Montgomery, good matchups coming up for him. He's got Baltimore this weekend. He's at Miami next weekend. And Montgomery went six and a third. He gave up two runs, only one earned. He struck out six A's. I think his last two starts, he only had three strikeouts in both of them. But uh, Baltimore and Miami next on the schedule for, for Montgomery. Uh, anyway, do you have any interest in Plutko, Hauser, or Montgomery? Hauser, I think, is probably the most interesting because he does have a standout skill. He puts the ball on the ground, and that can potentially make him a success. Uh, and and during this stretch of starts where he's been effective, he, uh, you know, he's just a little below a strikeout per inning. It, it's been up and down from start to start, but between that and a good strikeout rate in the minors, it doesn't seem like he's a total zero in terms of strikeouts 22 strikeouts 23 and a third and he's doing that four start straight four start stretch Uh yeah in which he allowed one earned run in each of them i said that horribly but i think people followed it so yeah adrian hauser i think has some there's some reason to be interested in him would you drop caleb smith for him uh, i don't think so i caleb smith's not beyond dropping i think he's just running out of gas here the innings uh, i believe he's already in hit into a career high in innings and obviously he didn't throw that many last year with the with the shoulder injury the lat injury mm-hmm. so caleb smith's not beyond dropping uh, hauser's I, i'm not that excited about hauser just when you're comparing him to mike montgomery and uh, Pletko, Adam Pletko. Uh, he's he's the only one who I see something that I think he could potentially build on. I'm not saying you can't use Pletko and Montgomery. I mean, you know where we are with that starting pitcher. There's there's maybe 20 great starting pitchers, 40 good starting pitchers, including those first 20, and the rest are just all whatever. Yeah, well, you got you got to look for matchups. Plutko's yeah. at, next week Plutko's at Minnesota whereas Montgomery's at Miami. 
So, you know, if you are looking for matchups, that's that's one. There's another guy that I wanted to talk about from yesterday, um, Pablo Lopez, because next week he has Kansas City at home, and he's probably okay. gonna, he's probably going to get crushed by Washington this weekend because they crush everyone. But before going on the IL, you know, the four I heard you guys talk about him yesterday. The four stars, his last four stars before going on the IL a while ago. Pablo Lopez was out a while. Um, but he went 25 innings, gave up five earned runs. He walked mm-hmm. four, he struck out 23. He had a sub one whip. So, yep. uh, he, you know, I didn't think his first start was so bad. Five innings, four runs, three strikeouts after missing like two months or whatever it was. No, it wasn't. I was yeah. I was encouraged by it. I was encouraged that the velocity was yeah, there. Yeah, it was there. It was good. And uh, I, we were, I was getting pretty excited about him before the injury because good control pitcher, at least a pretty good bat misser. They were allowing him to go six, seven innings with consistency. I don't see why they wouldn't now with all the time he missed. Might as well pile some innings on there. Yeah. I, you know, with Royals next week. Yeah. That's somebody who stands out. I I would take him over Hauser. I think. Yeah. Like you have to sit there if you're thinking about picking up Pablo Lopez and think, Okay, can I if he goes out and gets crushed by Washington this week and can I really trust him? And I don't know that you can, but if you pick him up now and he does well against Washington, then you're going to beat the rush and you're going to have him for a home start against Kansas City. Um, let's take a quick break on fantasy uh, baseball, football, fantasy baseball today. And when we come back, we will give you some news and notes as Cattell Marte left with a leg injury and we'll update you on some more from around baseball. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Well, as mentioned, Cattell Marte left with a leg injury, and it wasn't like he got hit by a pitch or something. He was he hit a home run, and he limped. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure you. By the time you hear this, you probably know more than than I do. I would. It's it's either a cramp or he's out for the season. I would guess. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is out for the regular season. Might be able to play in the postseason if they make it, but you can drop Jose Ramirez, which I'll be doing tonight. Justin Turner is appealing a one game suspension. Uh, David Peralta's out for the season. You know, I kind of wanted to see where his season was going to go because he started out the year coming off a year as a top 20 outfielder. David Peralta, his first 46 games, he had an 881 OPS. He batted 309 with seven homers. He was hitting the ball hard like he did last season. I don't know if it was the same, but he was hitting it hard. And then he went on the IL for about two weeks. And then he came back and he played 27 games and he had a 730 OPS. It just wasn't very good. And then he came back after another IL stint and he had a 722 OPS. So... I have a feeling nobody's going to really want him next year. Nobody really wanted him this year. But it is worth noting that David Peralta, before he went on the IL for the first of two times, had an 881 OPS. 
and was kind of and was basically backing up his 2018 season. I get burned. I get burned with the with that stuff, you know, like Brian Dozier this year. Yeah, like I I try to find reasons to like guys. They're like, well, you know, he's I I excuse a bad year, and then turns out I was missing the big picture. Um, uh, I like Tyler you, Skaggs. You, Tyler Skaggs, right? I mean, I hate to bring him up, but he his numbers were so good before he was pitching through an injury. And then he just didn't pitch well this year. And sometimes I I let injuries be a big excuse for guys underperforming. Um, and, I, I you know, I get burned by that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's – you can always make an excuse for – you can always find a reason to like a player. Um, I, so I don't think you're necessarily wrong to do that. It's just you have to weigh what you could get instead and – you know what the what the reason not to like the player is and which is the stronger more likely case yeah all right so where do you think you're going to rank david peralta next year not very high no <laughs> i i wasn't really buying into last year and and even though he was hitting the ball hard again at the start of the year it wasn't with great home run production which you know, you kind of need home runs to stand out in this environment. And really, he has only one twenty homer season, and it happened to be a thirty homer season. So that's, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be in my top forty outfielders. Maybe not even top fifty. See, I told you nobody would want him. Okay, more news: <laughs> San Francisco put Scooter Jeanette on waivers. So you know, if he can get his career back on track, at least he does not have to be in San Francisco, in that park. Yankees that's, news? Yeah, that's good. I, I can't believe Scooter Jeanette's fallen that hard this year. Yeah, right? Weird. I mean, he hasn't done anything at the plate, I understand. Um, but that's... I mean, when he got hurt this spring, it was like the world stopped. It was such big news. It was maybe the biggest thing that happened in all of spring training. Scooter Jeanette popping his groin like that. <laughs> was it groin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that sounded uncomfortable. Uh, no, that would be big news for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees news. Luis Severino, Jordan Montgomery, and Delham Batances. They could all be back in September. Severino is approaching a rehab assignment. Johnny Cueto is going to be back after one more rehab start. Hunter Pence is on the IL. Now, I've mentioned this. This will be the third time, I think. Tyler Glass now is going to come back as a reliever, but today it occurred to me, hey, does... What does that mean? What does that mean for the Rays? Does that mean after an opener, maybe he pitches like four innings and he could be good with ratios? Or is he like a one-inning guy, which I don't think we want? But do you have any idea what they would do with Tyler Glass now? I feel like I did see the phrase multi-inning reliever for him. Yeah, that could be valuable. I wish I hadn't dropped him. Yeah. um, Trying to see if I can find it now. Okay. But yeah, I mean, if if he's following an opener, and I, I imagine it would be a situation like they're still in the thick of the playoff race, right? They could. Oh, I think easily. they're in the. Uh, they might be. It's Cleveland, Oakland, and Tampa Bay right now are vying for two. for two spots, and right now the a uh, the Rays are third, but not you know not by much. They're very much in the mix. So, you know, I I could see it being a situation where they use that. Uh, what do they call it? The bulk roll? Is that what they call it? Sure. The guy who follows the opener and pitches yeah. all the innings? Uh-huh. They use that to stretch him out for a possible playoff run? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Tyler Glass now. Uh, right now, you know, going into tonight. Actually, no, I think it's, I think it's updated. Um, Cleveland is a half game up on Oakland. 
They are the two wild card teams. Tampa Bay is one game back of Oakland, two in the loss column. And then Boston is only six and a half behind Oakland and probably six if they can just close out this game. Arenado homered in the ninth. Uh, I will not I will not be counting Boston out just yet. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I won't count them out. More news. Uh, Andrew Benintendi sat with a sore side. Aristides Aquino has stolen two bases in his last three games. That's just not... He's not going to steal bases, is he? I wouldn't think so. Okay. Uh, but you know what? He is really fast. I, I do remember reading that. That I forget who it was. It, it may have been the Welsh, actually, was talking about how... Uh, the Welsh. <laughs> it's just funny to refer to him. How, uh, he didn't look like much of a hitter at first, but you could see the athleticism, including the speed. I don't think it was Chris Welsh, but it was somebody. Okay, it was the other guy. Um, Justin Verlander <laughs> was ejected. Ahmed Rosario is still leading off, even with Jeff McNeil back. Uh, McNeil is batting second. Eddie Rosario returns. Danny Duffy is likely to return on Saturday. He's going to start. And Sean Doolittle is scheduled to throw a simulated game on Wednesday. Double dongs. Jordan Alvarez or Jordan Alvarez. I'm so tired of that. I say Jordan because that's what I was told to say. And people were like, hey, idiot. Why are you saying Jordan? Even the announcers say Jordan. Anyway, uh, what a league winner Jordan Alvarez has been. He has an 11-23 OPS. That was like midway through their game. So it's probably right around that. Um, but... Like, just incredible. 329 with 21 homers and 19 doubles in 60 games. <sighs> Somebody brought up a great point um, on the FS1 broadcast of the Rangers-Angels game that they were just talking about baseball. He's a DH. What do they do if they are in the World Series and they're in Los Angeles or something like that? Like, do they get him in the lineup? Well, he's played. He started a couple games in the outfield this year for them. So, uh, yeah, he start he started seven games in the outfield for them. So I imagine that's what they do. Okay, let's see. Let's check their NL games at St. Louis. He sat twice and he played the outfield once. Okay, any others? Any others? I don't see any others. Um, and then uh, Yadier Molina, we already talked about. So Scott, that must mean it is worryometer time here on this Wednesday. It's Tuesday night. Oh, is it when? Oh, it's Wednesday. It's twelve fifteen. All right, so we can officially be worried. Worryometer four, <laughs> Gio Urshela. In his last 12 games entering Tuesday, Gio Urshela was batting a, a shiny 300. That's great. But only two extra base hits, both doubles, with one walk and 15 strikeouts and a 429 BABIP to get that batting average to 300. So Urshela, one walk to 15 strikeouts, almost no power. Over his last 12 games, Worryometer. Oh, maybe three. Three. It's too short of a stretch for me to be concerned about. And overall, I think the season-long numbers still suggest a great deal of legitimacy to what he's doing. In fact, one of my 30 bold predictions that I referred to earlier in the program I like calling the program. Things. Yeah, program. Program. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's something. No, but that's a word nobody uses to describe it in actual conversation. But anyway, uh, yeah, one of them is that Miguel Andujar doesn't make the Yankees opening day roster, and they'll say it's because he needs more time to recover 
the from the shoulder, but really there's no place to put them because their shell is that good. They're gonna be, there's gonna be some wheeling and dealing by the Yankees this offseason. Uh Urshel is one for three with a double as we speak tonight. Worryometer four, Danny Santana. In his last twenty eight days entering Tuesday, he's batting two twenty six with two walks to thirty four strikeouts, but he still did hit seven home runs. So that's very encouraging. But Santana, two twenty six. Seven homers, 16 RBIs, two walks, 34 strikeouts, only four doubles in his last 28 games. In those 28 game, 28 days, it's two weeks, it's four weeks. It's two great weeks, two terrible weeks. But worryometer for Danny Santana. I'll put that one at about a five. I don't buy into what he's doing totally. I think there's a case to be made that he is a high BABIP guy. Uh, and, you know... He's slumped to the point now that the Babbitt for the season is 366. I think still a little on the high side. But he was he was due for some regression. And um, because he's so bad in terms of plate discipline, like I feel like when he's not hot, he's going to be very frustrating to use. All right, that's Danny Santana. How about Luis Castillo? He gave up five runs. He did strike out 11 at Miami, and he got the win. But that's his third start in his last seven starts, allowing five or more earned runs for Luis Castillo. Yeah, zero. I mean, that's that just comes with the territory in 2019. I think, what I, I think there's a reason to be encouraged by Luis Castillo, and that's now in his past 10 starts. His walks per nine inning is... Rate is 1.6 in his past 10 starts. That was really the only thing holding him back early on. The only reason, you know, there was some talk. I, I I think Chris and Heath were both of the belief that Chris Towers were both of the belief he'd be one of the biggest busts in the second half. Yeah, uh, because the walk rate was so high, and he's really improved in that regard. Now the ERA has gone up in the second half, but I don't think in a way that's concerning or certainly he's had plenty of dominant starts during that stretch too. All right. That's Luis Castillo. And finally, Charlie Morton. I'm not going to say I'm not completely unconcerned about Morton. He gave up six runs in four innings with four strikeouts at Houston. And going into this start, he had a four ten ERA since the all-star break, still a great walk to strike ratio. But this is a guy who, he kind of wore down at the end of last year. He's always had injuries, Charlie Morton. And I, you know, going deep into a season, it's not easy for him. They've, they've taken major steps to limit his innings this year and his pitch counts, really. Um, I don't know. Where are you on Charlie Morton? Zero to ten. I, I'm like a like a four. I'm still going to start him without question, but with a little less confidence now. Yeah, it's, it's a zero. What's his innings high? Let's take a look at Charlie Morton's career, huh? Charles Chuck Chuck Morton. Search for Chuck Morton on Chuck Morton. He had 167 last year. He's at 165 now. Yeah, I mean, and that was a career. No, he had a career high 171 and two thirds in 2011. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just. I think I'm a little concerned because he faded at the end of last year. So, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's take another break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, a fun 2020 debate, some more players to add, a cool article I want to talk about, and uh, your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Scott, let's take a look ahead to 2020. Okay. I was going to do the uh, Conan O'Brien in the year 2000, but I can't do it because I have laryngitis. You did pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah, but that had, I could. That was my favorite (laughs) sketch that Conan did. Like, that is where he had me. I like the staring, the staring contests were, I think, were my favorites. Uh, uh, Trey Turner or J.D. Martinez, two players who are just crushing it. Last 31 games for J.D. Martinez entering tonight, a 1239 OPS, a 1239 OPS. Trey Turner, meanwhile, last 67 games, an 891 OPS on pace for 25 homers and 49 steals on pace. Like, that's a 162 pace. Uh, so who would you rather have, Trey Turner or J.D. Martinez? I think it's going to depend on format, which is a frustrating answer. But, I mean, Trey Turner is still one of the most prolific base dealers in baseball. And uh, I, I probably the most reliable sources for steals among the early rounders, right? The, the, first, the guys who could potentially go in the first round. I guess Acuna is in that discussion now, too far as the stolen bases go yeah i mean you can't pass up those steals if you're picking late in round one in a in a roto league or a five by five league uh i mean jd martinez what he does will be a little more replaceable in that format at the same time he's i think still as studly as we regarded him being coming into the year even if you know it's it's been a subtle step back but not enough to think he's a lesser player so He'll still be a second rounder, I think, in in both formats. Just you know, Turner will slide into round one in a in a categories league. Yeah, man. I mean, Turner's batting three oh two. That's huge. It was his last two seasons. I think a little disappointing. Not bad with batting average, but you just feel like with his speed, you know, he should be hitting higher than two seventy one. He hit two eighty four once. So. Uh, I don't know. You know, this hot streak has really raised his numbers. He's been great. Okay, Scott, players to add. So I talked about Pablo Lopez. I'll make the case for him. I'm going to make the case for a, for a hitter, Corey Dickerson. He has now started each of the last three games against lefties, including today. Uh, he's a doubles machine. He's got 29 doubles in how many games? 64 games. It's crazy. Uh, 24 doubles in 64 games. Still crazy. Uh, but, yeah, he's playing every day, basically, for the Phillies. And 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four weeks. So he's 48% owned. And we haven't really talked about him lately as we've talked about a lot of hitters to add. How do you feel about Corey Dickerson? I hadn't noticed he had started playing every day for the Phillies. So that's interesting. I wonder what his splits are like. Lefties, righties, and eh, terrible against lefties. So yeah. who knows how long it'll last. But for now, uh, you know, he's got some five outfielder appeal. I, I'm not sure... The power production is, well, I don't know. It's been fine. It's he's, he has he's played so little this year because of injuries and inconsistent starts. But 
I guess, like, if it was between him and Mark Canna, who's still widely available, I'd definitely go Canna. But right, yeah. On a lower end, Dickerson, you know, he could be fine. Okay. Uh, so let's go back to the in-progress games because there's an update. Uh, the Angels have uh, erupted for four runs in the seventh, and that's such a bummer because it ruins Mike Miner's start. Mike Miner had given up zero runs through six. He ends up charged with four runs in six and two-thirds. This really just happened, so I don't know if Miner himself gave up the runs or if they were, you know, the bullpen giving up runs for him. But, he, you know, he just has not been so good since the All-Star break, or really since the start of July. His last start, he gave up six earned runs. Three starts before that were pretty damn good. But, yeah, h- how do you feel about Mike Miner right now? Well, he had those two starts at the beginning of August, seven shutout innings with seven Ks, eight shutout innings with 11 Ks, and you think, okay, he's back on track. And since then, I mean, really, the last two starts. The thing about Mike Miner, I I so want to believe in him. It's obvious he's improved from last year when he was transitioning from the bullpen back to a starting role. And yet the ex-FIP, if I'm going to be consistent about this, it's been in the mid-fours all season long. And here he is now with a 3.25 ERA on the season. Uh, you know, it could be as simple as what we're seeing since the start of July when the ERA at that time was 240 is just plain and simple regression. Yeah, all right. So do you mostly feel like you'd be starting him? I mean, come on. Yeah, okay. What, okay, what else okay. are you going to do? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, so that's your that's your update. And everything else pretty much we already talked about. Heaney, Tanaka, Quantrill, etc. Uh, article of the day. Did you have a chance to read the article I sent you? I read most of it. It was pretty long. I got the gist. Yeah, it was good. It was it was by Tom Verducci in Sports Illustrated about how the Mets finally solved the mystery of flushing. They had been the worst home team. I mean, their bat their their batting stats at home consistently among the worst in baseball. Still not great, but they have changed things. And I thought what was so interesting is that they they credit Chili Davis. And I was so worried about Chili Davis destroying all of the Mets hitters. But his approach is different. He's not a launch angle guy. The Mets have changed their launch angle dramatically, and they're hitting to the opposite field. And they're doing better with situational hitting, like they're doing better with runners in scoring position. Um, So they zagged where others zigged, or zigged where others zagged. And uh, it's a pretty cool read. And uh, what do you think? You know, could, could that be starting a bit of a trend and... I don't know. Um, I thought it was really interesting that they kind of got away from the launch angle thing and they've become a better hitting team because of it. Well, a lot of it was personnel in terms of the actual players that they changed out rather than trying to change what was already there. In fact, um, I think, yeah, Michael Conforto's launch angle is the highest it's ever been this year and a big leap from last year. So that's just a guy who, who's, you know, was there this year and last and um, what they've actually done with him. But Jeff McNeil, they kind of got the idea from Jeff McNeil seeing how well he fared in that environment last year. And he was more of a line drive guy. I think it's just to to say everybody needs to raise their launch angle is an oversimplification as we're all prone to 
doing. I mean, we like we like simplifying things, right? And I think it's helped a lot of players in an environment where the ball travels very well. Um, I think it's generally a good thing, but it's not right for everybody. And there are downsides to it. I mean, Reese Hoskins, who I talked, I've been talking about this week, pointing out how badly his season's gone after a very good start. He elevates the ball so much that, you know, he basically has to hit it out of the park to, uh, to, 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 to benefit his batting average, to have a respectable batting average. He has to hit a ton of home runs and that's the downside to it. So, you know, they, they were, you think about some of the hitters the Mets have had over the years who, like they had some good slugging tendencies, but it it just wasn't working in that park for whatever reason. And I don't even think the park factors for that stadium are really that bad. But yeah, it was amazing seeing some of the stats Tom Verducci pulled out. How consistently the the Mets ranked in the bottom of the league. The bottom of the thirtieth. <laughs> Babip at home. Yeah, Babip. Yeah. Yeah, which. You know, it it was it was just like the it it's hard, it's hard to say there's nothing to it when it happened that many years over like the course of a decade. Yep. So good read. Check it out, Scott. I'm gonna fire away with you at some uh, rotation members. You just tell me what you think real quick. Mike Soroka, uh, three or fewer strikeouts in three of his last six starts, but still producing. Yeah, he's such a good ground ball pitcher, such a good strikeout pitcher. I guess he's kind of succeeding in the way Miles Michaelis did last year. He's actually in my bold predictions, too. I think he figures out, you know, he's only 21 years old. He just turned 22, so he moved very fast. I I think it's going to be an Aaron Nola situation where he, uh, once he gets settled, he starts to figure out how to put hitters away more. Okay, how about you, Darvish? Great start against at the Mets. Yeah, he's just an ace again. Mike it's, Fires. That's how fast we're going. Mike Fires? Yeah. Three of four non-quality starts, so he's falling apart, right? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much just the innings. Like For some reason, he's not quite making it through six, but it's not like the production stopped. So whatever. It will eventually. He's not He's not good. I'm sticking to it. He's not good. Caleb Smith. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably going to get shut down soon, and he's awfully hard to use right now, especially since even when he pitches well, you got to figure it's unlikely he's going to get a win. Okay, how about Miles Michaelis? I mean, if he could do what he did today with regularity, 10 strikeouts, 16 swinging well, strikes. he can't. He can't. But he obviously can. I mean, five earned runs and three of his previous, well, each of his previous three. And, yeah, he's just too many home runs after avoiding them last year. They've come back to bite him this year. How about Marcus Stroman? Oh, what a bad trade. Yeah, I mean, this was his best start with the Mets. He still gave up four and runs in six. And what's what I noticed with him is uh, five home runs and five starts with the Mets. He had only given up seven home runs and 20 starts with the Blue Jays. So, I mean... And the strikeouts I, are up with the Mets, too. <laughs> He's a new pitcher. Yeah. 
And I, I would have to look at it again. I hadn't. No, I wondered if he was like featuring his slider more at the expense of his sinker, and maybe that explained it. But I didn't notice anything like that. I'll look at it again. Okay. Um, Lucas Giolito and Michael Pineda, two good went ahead head head to head day did well. Uh, yeah. I learned they, my mistake. They, I learned from uh, my lesson on Giolito. I did not sit him against the Twins this time. Right. <laughs> He's uh. He's going to be a top 15 pitcher next. He's a top 15 pitcher now. Just the strikeout totals have been so consistent, particularly of late. Uh, Pineda is another of those pitchers that he's on a good run right now. Don't really trust that he's somebody we should be relying on, but he's in my top 50 pitchers just because somebody has to be. Uh, Okay, that's it for the rotation. I just want to check on something here. Yeah, so... I didn't realize this, and I apologize. Uh, Adrian Hauser actually left his start tonight with a hip issue. So please keep that in mind. Okay. I didn't notice either. Yeah, there you go. And in the bullpen, Hector Neris took the loss today after blowing a save on Monday. He had been pitching great, and I'm sure he's still their guy, but worth noting. And Taylor Rogers got a save with Sergio Romo pitching the eighth inning. We got a lot of emails recently, so let me clear my throat and let me read some emails. All right, here we go. From Reggie, I'm dropping Caleb Smith. Who do I add? David Price, Dylan Cease, Alcantara, Ivan Nova, or Plutko? All right, rattle off those pictures again for me. David Price, Dylan Cease, Alcantara, Nova, or Plutko? Uh, Alcantara. That's your favorite in that group? Ahead of David Price? <laughs> See, when you don't include the emails, I get well, so I, I didn't have time. I didn't but have I can't time. follow along. Uh, All right, like so it. he's uh, dropping Caleb Smith. I found the email. He's dropping Caleb Smith. He's adding one of these pitchers. It's David Price, obviously, who's coming back this weekend. Thank you, Reggie, for your participation. There you go. Okay. From the Vegan Pagan. Uh, hello, Dave, Lisa, Matthew, and Bill. I think that's uh, News Radio, the sitcom. <laughs> what? That is the most random, random thing. And how do you know that? Who the hell watched News Radio? <laughs> I don't know. It was on syndication late nights before Conan when I was in high school, and watching syndicated sitcoms was what you did to entertain yourself back in those days. All right, well, here's uh, here's the Vegan Pagan's question. First, he has a team name Tuesday for a Tuesday night. It's actually Wednesday morning. The real deal with Jeff McNeil. This is a reference to the late Phil Hartman's character on News Radio. There you go. Called The Real Deal with Bill McNeil. Um, maybe News Radio was good. Maybe it had Phil Hartman in it. Probably was good. Oh, right. it had a great cast. As I look toward my 2020 keepers, can you can you rank these second base eligible players for 2020? Um, Jeff McNeil, Escobar, uh, Eduardo Escobar, Cattell Marte, Max Muncie, and Ozzy Albies. I don't see how you don't put Cattell Marte at the top. He's just been so far ahead of everybody else at the position except for Altuve and maybe DJ LeMahieu. Um, I would go, I would go Albies second. 
Muncie third, McNeil fourth, and Escobar fifth. Muncie and McNeil are close. It kind of depends what you're looking for between them, but uh, Muncie, I would take over him, in, over McNeil in a vacuum. Okay, Dave Foley, very funny guy. Um, I'm just getting the full cast here. Steven Root, I don't know him. Steven Root? You don't know Steven Root? Well, let me take a look. Milk from Office Space. Oh, yeah, I know Steven Root. He's, he's like in everything. Okay. Uh, Andy Dick. Yeah. Ma- Maura Tierney. Do I know her? Joe Rogan, Phil Hartman, Vicky Lewis, John Lovitz, uh, Candy Alexander. Yeah. You don't a- know Maura Tierney? I mean, I probably do. Oh, Bob Odenkirk was in it? How about that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Maura Tierney. Do I know her? Oh, of course I know Maura Tierney. She's she's wonderful. Okay, back more to the, more. Back to the emails here. Um, from Eric, I'm in the championship for the second year. I have a strategy question about lineups during the championship matchup. We get seven transactions each week. I've used three so far. I've blocked my opponents once on a streaming pitcher, but my problem comes on Thursday when I'm short six position players. And my opponent has a complete lineup. Would you use all four of your remaining moves to get hitters to fill Thursday? Save those moves to try and block pitchers of my opponent or a combination. He, by the way, has used four of seven moves for the week. I would I would save at least one for the weekend in case you need a streaming pitcher and you're down in strikeouts or something like that. At least one. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what your pitching staff looks like versus his. I imagine yours is superior and that's why he's having to resort to streaming and you're looking to block him. Like I, I've never faced this scenario before, so I feel like I'm kind of answering in the blind, but my, my hunch would be that a day of hitting stats isn't as valuable as, uh, you know, blocking what he could be getting from a pitcher. I think you got to get at least two hitters because that is a that is a big that is a big gap of of six hitters, um, one day that you're down, so you you can't make it all up. But I would say I would say get two, and um, yeah, go from and go from there at least two. Okay, uh, and this is from Trevor. Is Andrew Benintendi even rosterable at this point of the season? In a ten-team, five outfielder league, it's Roto. Yeah, I would, I would say he is. He's, you know, he was one of the hottest hitters in baseball just a couple weeks ago. I think he's a little banged up now, right? Yeah, uh, he's missed, I think, see. a couple games in a side row. issue. Yeah, but it's a day-to-day thing. Five outfield, like if it was a three outfielder league, okay, I could understand. But five outfielders, I think you got to hold on to him. It's kind of a shame he's missing his course field series. Um, we have a hot hitter alert from from Brock. Hat, hot batter alert. And he just says Dexter Fowler alert. Yeah, Fowler's been pretty good. Been pretty good lately. I was surprised to see what his numbers looked like when I was looking at him the other day. Yeah, let's take like post-All-Star break. No, that's not it. Let's. When did he start being good? August? How has he yeah, been so good? No, good you know what? He hasn't been that good. He has a good walk-to-strikeout ratio, so he's scoring a lot of points. He has 15 walks to 19 Ks in August, during which time he's batting 256 with three homers and two, and two steals, but six doubles, 
it's okay. It's like it's close to a two hundred ISO. It's a very good OBP. So right. it's it's okay. It's okay. It's it's okay, right? I to to uh you know add some perspective. I I presumed he had been terrible, like doesn't deserve to be in the Cardinals lineup bad. And he clearly hasn't been that bad. He's been okay. But yeah, he's not he's not a priority pickup. Shouldn't be for anybody. And last question here, I think. It's about Mike Mustakas, who did not play tonight. I don't know exactly what his status is. I know he's got a I think a wrist injury or something. Um yeah. if Mike Mustakas is out, this is from Sean, by the way. Who would you choose, Edmund Galvis or Ryan McMahon? I would choose. Um, I mean, Ryan McMahon whenever he's at home. Yeah, I'm sorry. This 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 question's old. This was to start this week. I would have started McMahon. Yeah, I hope yeah. he did. He homered yesterday. Come on, Adam. Yeah, don't pick out the. All right, well one. then, let's do a newer one. Uh, this is from Adam. No, let's do this one from Nick. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Can we all finally agree that Glaber Torres is better than Paul DeYoung? They're always being compared and talked about oh the same Gosh. Season. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was not a great take by Heath. It was it was for like two months. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how Heath likes to like point out everybody else's bad calls. Oh yeah, oh, it's his classic. I haven't Heath. heard him bring up that one in a while. It's classic Heath. I you know, Glaber Torres, I was talking with my friend. Last year, he's a Mets fan. Last year, I said, would you take straight up right now Glaber Torres for, for Jacob deGrom? This was last year. And he said no. And deGrom's all, like over 30, right? I mean, he's I think he's like 31 or something. And Glaber's at that point was 21. Uh, there's a big age gap. I don't know if it's exactly a decade, but he said no. And then this year, I said the same thing. Like, hey, would you take would, would you take uh, Torres over deGrom? And he said no. I'm like, dude, Glaber Torres is 22 years old. And he said no, and and then he said he's a great hitter, and I said, you know what? I'm not sure he's a great hitter. <laughs> like that's like you're arguing with yourself. Yeah, because I would I would rather have him than Degrom because he's so much younger. But I think he needs to start walking more before I call him a great hitter. Like he's kind of ju- he, he like he just homers. His, there's nothing else that he does great. He just homers. Well. I, I I know I, mean, I know that's a crazy thing to say because it's a very important thing. It's the kid who only hit homers. But I don't know. I don't think he's a great hitter. He has 21 doubles, 33 homers, and 45 walks, which is like that's not bad. But so like he's a professional hitter. He's very. It's amazing how many of the top 10 hitters have between 40 and 50 walks. Catel Marte, Eduardo, uh, second baseman. Catel Marte, Eduardo Escobar. Uh, Whit Merrifield, Ozzy Albies, Glaber Torres, Mike Mustakas. What? What are you? What? <laughs> it's just a strange observation. I know. I'm just seeing this now. They all have like the same amount of walks. It's weird. I think you're tired. Oh, you think? I'm going <laughs> what to sleep. Kind of observations you're making. I'm going to I sleep. I think this is an interesting thing to say. <laughs> Scott, to 50 walks. Would you like to hear more about my first job interview, or should I save that for a separate oh, show? I mean, I just I want to hear it. I want I to hear trying, how. I mean, clearly you didn't get the job, right? I didn't. I didn't accept the job. I was a. I was one of like three finalists, and I did not want the job. So, but I was driving. He drove me through Ocala, and um, we passed like an Applebee's and whatever. And I said, so is there like a downtown Ocala? And he goes, we just drove past it. And I was like, oh, God. 
<laughs> I do not want to live here. I want to move to New York City. Okay, Scott, thank you so much. The Welsh will be back tomorrow. Um, I will be back, I think, on Sunday night. I'm not exactly sure what our Labor Day plans are, but I think we'll have a Sunday night show. Um, but maybe not. Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, for Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you later. Later.